Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and I first of all want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here, and I hope that you enjoy all of the conversations, information, teachings, and exchanges that we have as a community here on Reiki Radio. So in that same vein, I am very excited to share with you a conversation today with a beautiful woman named Ifateo White, and she is the founder of the Low Country School of Reiki. And she has a fascinating journey, very interesting life. Um, what inspired her and how Ricky was introduced to her and the phenomenal um, ways that she is sharing and creating community now. So I'm sure you will learn a lot from her story, Being be inspired by her story, and you can learn more about her work at ifateowhite.co, that's .co, and of course I have all of the links to connect with her and her work down in the show description. But before we get into that conversation, there are a few things that I would like to share with you. I am very, very excited to have finally created a way to have all things energetic alchemy in one space for you. So I get a lot of emails asking when I will be teaching Reiki, when I have Reiki classes, even asking for suggestions around energy work. And I do hope to teach Reiki again sometime this year, 2023. However, you don't have to wait for Reiki class to learn with me, to train with me. I have so many different ways where we can work together. So one of the options is that you can sign up for one of my online courses. Once you register for those, you have access to begin your work and go at your own pace right away. I also have the Alchemy Circle, which is my group mentoring, which will resume in March. And if you're on my newsletter, you actually get updates about everything that I have going on, as well as you get access to some free downloads, including 22 Days of Transformation. Now, if you've been following me for some time and you've already done 22 Days of Transformation, do it again. It has been updated, but even aside from that, plenty of people do it as like a reset, reconnecting them to their process of self-awareness. So just go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, sign up for the newsletter and stay informed. But if you want to just have all ways of connection in one spot, I now finally have an app. So there is the Energetic Alchemist app available for you now. You, If you have an Apple phone, you can go to the Apple app store, put in the search, the Energetic Alchemist, download the app. If you have an Android, just go to the Google Play store and do the same. And in that space, there is free content where you can watch these interviews from Reiki Radio. You can access some other free content in that space, including my monthly energy of the month updates. And then if you want membership on the app, you get access to even more content as well as um, being invited to some live events to have conversations with me, including conversations after the podcasts. So there's a lot there for you to make it very easy, convenient, just a little app on your phone, theenergeticalchemist.com. So I look forward to connecting with you in new ways here in the new year. But for now, let's get into this beautiful conversation with 
Ifateo White. I will see you on the other side. Okay, everyone, welcome to this episode of Reiki Radio with the beautiful Ifateo White of the Low Country School of Reiki. I you already know before we started talking I was so excited to have this conversation and I want to thank you so much for coming to share with us today thank you thank you for inviting me yeah well I'm so excited to hear your story because I have seen you in the community you know Mm -hmm. but never really got an opportunity to get to know you and then more recently we've had a few conversations in the background but your overall story and the work that you're doing now is just so phenomenal. So Thank I you. wanted to ask you, before we get into it all, can you share a little bit about your background and what even led you into the arena of Reiki? Oh my gosh, this is a book, okay? Yes. Um, <laughs> my background, I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. I attended Howard University in the 60s and a revolutionary, wonderful time. I was um, born and raised Catholic and I attended 12 years of Catholic school. Very devoted though, because that part of me is real. The spiritual part of me was always there. So whatever religion or spiritual tradition I was a part of, I was really a part of it. Uh, But at any rate, so I I was a Russian major at Howard and um, one of the first classes to graduate with Russian major, I think we were the second class, and actually was hired upon graduation to translate Russian um, for a small research company in Boston. Um, I left DC and in 67, uh, I got married to my children's dad um, a week after graduation and moved to Boston and was hired, which was again, it's like how? You know, two months, I was planning to be a bank teller because I didn't think that that opportunity would come. But that's the my life. I'm blessed in so many ways. So I was a Russian translator. It was a top secret clearing and clearance and all of that. And then that was the beginning of my professional life. And there were so many other pieces that I could uh, add. But I became a mom in 70 and then again in 73, two beautiful daughters and grown daughters now. And um, moved back to Maryland in in 80. And I was introduced to um, TM. I became a meditator, uh, transcendental meditation in um, 82. And through the TM community, I met Um, a lot of folks who were attending a unity metaphysical Christian church in DC. And there was Reiki and there was all other manners of life-changing experiences. So this was in 85 and um, the first Reiki master in DC um, Thalia Kafatu was a physicist at NASA and she was a member of our church. So this is how my Reiki journey started with um, just meeting and being amongst um, Reiki folk in the 80s. I was not drawn to Reiki as a practitioner at that time, although I did begin receiving 
in 85 and did not become a tune until 95, but I was happy to receive. <laughs> and um, as you know, Yolanda, one of my friends, Gwen Mitchell, was the first Black Reiki master in the country who was, um, she was um, attuned, the Reiki, initiated Reiki master, um, I believe in 80, 88 or 89, and um, served on the board of the council and so forth. So it, it was very potent, powerful time in DC that many folks don't realize what a community of spiritual and healing people were in that um, place. And I'm grateful to have been there at that time, there at that time. So, you know, fast forward, um, I, I, I worked for Congress, the House of Representatives for 10 years and had this itching of the hands go, experience going on in 89 and didn't know why, what was this about? And uh, in my meditation, I heard that I, I'm to touch people. So that was a beginning of this part of my life. And um, I began studying body work, getting certified in reflexology and everything I could and, um, and acupressure. And then eventually became a massage therapist and was attuned Reiki one and two and 95. Um, and then I was initiated as a Reiki master teacher um, in the Western tradition in 99, moved to Beaufort, South Carolina. I live on the coast of South Carolina on St. Helena Island, which is a, an island off of the coast of Beaufort, um, about an hour and a half south of Charleston and an hour north of Savannah, Georgia. But I was the first Reiki master here in 2000, Bible Belt and all, and uh, and here I am in 2023, still teaching, still practicing, still growing, haven't been attuned um, by my newest teacher, Franz Steiner, who has, it's changed my life, um, being um, attuned Shimpaden Reiki in 2000, right as COVID was hitting, Franz taught 12 of us in my home. He came south to the deep south and taught here. Um, and my world has not been the same <laughs> since wow. then. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is an amazing story. I mean, so Thank many you. things come up. Of course, the first part of one looking at you, I'm like, gosh, you remind me so much of my family and my aunts. And yes. um, hearing you're from DC, I'm like, what part of DC did you go yes, from? Yes, yes. But then it's interesting because I too, you know, we, yes. you know, that I am I'm originally from DC and my family is all in DMV, but I also yes. grew up in Massachusetts. Yes. So I'm like, gosh, just like I was. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I didn't know Worcester. that. Yes. Yeah, Worcester. Um, but anyway, uh, it's fascinating to hear that you were a Russian translator. Yeah. So curious of like why that was even an interest for you. And then to hear when you got to the spiritualist church, here you have a NASA phys physicist, a Russian translator, and you're both in this. Because I think a lot of people don't associate maybe people that would um, have those types of interests, jobs, careers, and these things would think 
that they would possibly be spiritualist. So I like that you bring that into people's awareness that this yes. work really touches everyone. But yes. what what made you curious about um, learning Russian to that degree and wanting to be a translator? Okay, there, there's two sides to that story and I'm, I will make it brief, but um, initially uh, I, as a child and, into by and, and until I went to college, I really had in my heart to uh, to be a pediatric um, psychotherapist. I was very interested in um, trauma that children experience because I had my own amount of of trauma in childhood, and I I had a great curiosity, and then found out about such professions and wanted to help. That's one side of the story. The other side of the story is that um, in um, from high school, I believe, from yeah, eighth grade through twelfth, I studied. Um, I'm sorry, Latin and French, and I was really good at languages. I just and I loved them, and um, it was a natural affinity for me. So when I uh, when it was time for me to go to college. The choice that was presented to me that my family was more interested in supporting <laughs> was a language. I didn't start out as Russian. I started out as French. And the thought was that I would teach French. And that made it very palatable. In the back of my mind, I didn't think I was going to teach. I always wanted to translate, but I couldn't share that. You know, in the 60s with my family. I was the first one to go to college. And, you know, there was a lot of hopes and dreams. And being an, an Aries person, I'm I'm very self-directed and very self-guided. And, and um, I have a certain amount of freedom as far as what I'm willing to risk and, you know, for to be who I am. So I did, I chose, um, French as a major, but in looking for a minor, um, a friend of mine suggested Russian, and she thought I would love it. And I said, okay, I'll try. And I did, and I loved it. And there was something about the culture, the the old Russian culture, um, and the indigenous people and their healing techniques and their ways that really resonated with me. So that's what happened. And I knew I would translate. I knew I would not teach, and I didn't know how. Um, and you know, I thought I'd move to New York and do all of that UN. And then I got married, and then I went to Boston, and there yeah. the rest is the story that you heard. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting how like you still will see yeah. glimpses of your interest woven throughout the journey, even before you really get into the healing work. I mean, even yeah. to yeah. have thought it was just about learning a language, but to then have fallen in love with the culture and the indigenous people and their healing. Yeah. So it's like, it's yeah. funny when we look back, how you always see hints of it speaking yes. to you, speaking to your heart. And I want to go back just for a second. Again, you mentioned how you were in a meditation and you started feeling these itchy hands and were guided to know that I need to touch this is something I need to do and it's funny because I always joke people ask me um, if I teach yoga because I did yoga teacher training yeah. I've not taught one yoga class and the only reason I took yoga was I was in a meditation 
And I got a message, take yoga to learn how to breathe. Yes. And so I took yoga teacher training specifically to focus on breath work and never taught a class. So how was that for you when that came through for you in that meditation? Were you questioning or did you just right away look into what you could take? Um, well, first, of course, the first was a question of, yeah. I don't know what this means. First, I thought maybe I'm supposed to do art. It wasn't to touch people. It was first, it was my hands were itching and tingling. And, and I, should I be doing art? I don't know. I'm supposed to do something with my hands. And then, uh, you know, you ask questions and you ask and you get answers. So I, it was a very strong message that I'm to teach people and not teach touch. I'm sorry. So then it's like, I, I would love to be a massage therapist, but I, at the time I had all kinds of reasons why that didn't make sense. So then, uh, so then as we know how things work, I'm, I'm walking down the street in DC, I don't know how many days, weeks later, and a friend of mine who I knew from the same Unity Church had become a certified reflexology teacher. So I was sharing with her about this and she said, well, come take a class with me, come take reflexology. It's only two weekends and you know, you're know, you a single mom. So I had all that responsibility and boom, that's how it started. But you know what happened, Yolanda? I had a memory eventually when I was a little girl, four or five. Um, I remember sitting at my grandmother's feet and rub, I just would, I would have Vaseline <laughs> and I would just rub her feet after she came from work. And eventually my grandfather sat his chair up next to her. So I had two sets of feet. And I would just sit on the floor and I was little, but I had forgotten, you know, I forgot all of that until I started this touching. I remembered that from childhood and I always was able to read minds. I was very sensitive, intuitive, but you know, when you go to high school and everything, you don't want to look peculiar and you don't want to be different and <laughs> And you go to, you know, Howard University, big old Afro, and you become very Afrocentric and all of that. So those memories had left me until I began touching again. And, and now I know, I mean, I'm 78 almost. I'll be 78 in March. And it's like, what other life could I ever possibly have? This is it, you know? So it was always there. That is really there. amazing. So yeah. now I want to fast forward a little yes. bit more and go back to the portion of Reiki because you yeah. obviously had a phenomenal journey <laughs> leading up to the experience of Reiki. So really curious about once you started, because you said you had a, a period of time of just receiving and, you know, before yeah. you went into the teaching aspect, yeah. what looking back now, how would you describe, was it doing something for you? What was it about it that you enjoyed or what did you start to learn or recognize? Well, everyone was so excited about our friends who were becoming Reiki and they were so excited to share. At that time, I don't know, well, you weren't born, but <laughs> there was no charging for Reiki. There was a very, there was very strict guidelines that you can't charge money for Reiki. So shoot, we were all lined up all the time. And anytime 
you know, um, you had a headache or a cramp or anything, you just call the Reiki person to, and they would love to share. And one of my best friends who, who um, in turn became my first Reiki master was my housemate for a while. And that was the cat's meow because she wanted to share all the time and I <laughs> was ready to receive. Yeah, so that in the beginning, and even, and the folks who became attuned Reiki too, this was the level that you could begin giving readings, intuitive readings. So level one was just for hands-on, level two, you could begin. And so, boom, as soon as folks began to be level two, we were all ready to get our readings. <laughs> and so for 10 years, I that was fine with me. I wasn't, I remember my friend who was um, housemate was saying, you should become Reagan. And I was like, no, I wasn't, I was working for Congress. I was raising my kids. I was doing, you know, studying lots of metaphysics and world religions and all everything, you know, I was always curious that way, but I wasn't feeling, that's another story. I think I didn't, I never asked to be Reiki. I never saw it at Yolanda. The same friend of mine became, eventually became a Reiki teacher and she offered me Reiki for my 50th birthday, Reiki one and attunement, Reiki one and two. And I was like, oh, I was a massage therapist at the time. I was like, I'm good. And I said, but let me meditate on it. And I did. And in my meditation, again, I heard, receive the gift. And I swear, it just because I heard that, and I said to Helen, only reason I'm doing these attunements is because I heard, receive the gift. Little did I know, I had no clue, Yolanda. Reiki has its way with you which is what I tell my students, Reiki has its way with you. And so I didn't know that this was my way. I had no clue what was in store for me. So that's that's exactly how, how it all transpired. <laughs> that is yeah. amazing. Okay, and so you decide then to get the attunements and yes. even though you were doing that, were you already considering I'm doing this and I'm going to teach or was it just to no. take yourself to a next? Oh, no, I was level. never planning to teach. Never. Oh, planned oh. To teach. No, I, I was attuned Reiki one and two because right. it was gifted me. I was a practicing massage therapist, uh, um, herbalist, um, acupressure, you know. And so I sort of incorporated the Reiki with the massage. But I was not planning to go any farther. And so I moved back to D.C. That was 95. I moved back to D.C. At, um, my parents died four months apart. And I moved back in 96 and, um, and was raising a nephew and doing things. Well, one of my Reiki master's friend uh, and student became a Reiki teacher and she needed someone to teach. Mm -hmm. So she called me and said, would you like to be a, um, a tune of Reiki three? And I was like, oh, I'm good. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> interested in teaching. I swear to you, this is how I went. I'm not interested in teaching. Um, so she, she said, well, I need someone. Would you please just. And so again, I said, yes. And, um, and I was attuned Reiki three. At that time, I had 
gone back to massage school because I wanted further training. It was another. So I invited my whole class. I, I wasn't thinking. I invited the whole class one weekend. If you want to become Reiki, come to my house. I'm going to, let's, I'll teach. That's how it started. I never paid one penny for a Reiki attunement ever. I never, except for with Franz, you know, finally, when I was conscious of who I was yeah. <laughs> and who I was in Reiki and who Reiki was in me. Yeah, that's a difference. But initially, I really had no clue. And it was always from invitation and always from my spirit. It was only my spirit that would say yes, because I didn't felt I didn't feel I needed it. And, you know. I, my first Reiki master, Helen, I would say to her, I have good energy, Helen. I don't know why you think I need to have Reiki when I become Reiki. She said, yeah, but you have no clue what the attunements would do for you. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, whatever. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, so God. then the teaching, I became a teacher in 99 and moved <laughs> here in 2000. And I've yeah. been teaching since then. Yeah. I love that, that you, um, point that out, that I have good energy. Yes, you have beautiful energy. But <laughs> I think it also points to a lot of people do wonder, like, would I only do this or practice this or learn this or have a session mm -hmm. if there's something wrong or if something's off oh, or I don't yeah, feel well? Yeah. But yeah. no, I mean, it's phenomenal what it does, even in not just guiding us more towards our wellness, but yes. even when you're in a state of peace or whatever it may be, yeah. It yeah. still helps us to maintain and yes. open up even more and awaken even more. So I wanted to ask you about that then. So then yeah. you finally get to the space of acceptance and you're teaching now. So then what did teaching do for you in terms of, did it change your lens or understanding of Reiki in any way? Did it start to, what happened when you started teaching? Um, okay, that's an interesting question. I don't believe, I don't feel with that being the case, what you just said, Yolanda, because remember, I wasn't seeking to be a teacher. I wasn't wanting to be a teacher. I didn't see the need for me to really be a teacher. I had the skill and I offered it to my class. And then I pretty much didn't, I wasn't looking for students or anything. So until I moved here in 2000, and at that time I was a practicing massage really deeply, and I think I, I might have taught between 2000 and 2004, two years in one location. I maybe I taught two or three people. I was still very much a rake. I was still much much more a practitioner and a a massage therapist. And well, integrated, I had a spell, I didn't say, but I worked for mental health in mental health for 10 years. I had a lot of training in somatic and in, in trauma. So really my practice now and has been for a long time is a somatic work. A lot of working with people who have um, body memory of, um, so, but at any rate, I, I was very much still interested in growing in that way. So I have to say the teaching for me was something I did because 
individuals found out that I could and did and asked. I And what happened, I think it was around 20, 2016 or so, there was this yearning that was growing in my heart of wanting to be deeper in Reiki. And I don't, I can't put it associated with any particular thing. I kept feeling like, because I am primarily a spiritual being, I am, that's, I can't separate myself from that. I'm very spiritual, okay, yes. um, in my way, in my beingness. So there was something about the way that I was taught Reiki in the Western tradition. There was a void for me still. It felt, I don't know, I felt like there's more, there's more, there must be more. And I began, I stumbled upon a book. Um, I, there were two books that I found eventually that were teachers, Pelletier, is that his name? Um, John, oh, does. You know who, well, anyhow, I'm sorry to mess up <laughs> names right now. But there were two teachers who had studied in Japan and um, I, I found their books and I was like blown away. And then, um, but they still was, it was still, they were writers and they were teachers and it, they felt still aloof. They were in another world from me. Yes. Um, and then one of, okay, I began teaching Reiki. I had by then in the 18, by uh, 2017, 16, 17, I was teaching Reiki a lot here. I don't know, something opened. And all of a sudden, I, you know, so one of my Reiki um, students who was a Reiki teacher by that time, she had stumbled across Franz's book, The Heart of Reiki. And this must have been in 18, 2018. And she gifted me that book. And I, my whole world opened up. I, I, I saw, I, I saw myself, I, I, there was so much new wisdom and knowledge but it connected deeply with me. I resonated so much with what Franz taught and shared about the, tr the Japanese tradition of Reiki. I've always had soul memories of being a samurai, always. And I think it's my airy self with the sword. And I don't know, but I swear the whole shamanic Japanese traditions and esoteric death, there's something very resonant for me. So the book just blew me open. And then uh, when I learned he was going to be at Omega Institute um, in May of 2019, I believe, or 18, 18 or 19, um, I think 18, I said, I, I have to go and I met him there. So that, that, that really was what filled that need for me to go deeper in Reiki and really um, connect it, it has changed my life, Yolanda. It has changed my connection with Reiki, my connection with teaching. It, uh, everything has, um, has changed and come into alignment um, for me in, in that discovery. You make me think of, um, because, I, because of the podcast, I get a lot of yes. emails from Reiki practitioners asking all kinds of things about, you know, finding teachers and um, mm. different suggestions for practice and on and on and on. And I had a very similar encounter with how I ended up studying with Franz. So when I started in Reiki too, 
I was curious. I was fascinated. It was amazing, but something just felt missing and I didn't know what that was. And a lot of what I was experiencing in my own practice, none of my teachers had spoken of. So I didn't really understand what I was experiencing. And fortunately back then, um, because of the podcast, I received an email from his publisher or something. It was like the, the, that same book, the inner heart of Reiki was just about to be published or had just come out. So I received an email saying, you know, would I interview him? And they sent me a, a PDF of the book and I read the book and I was blown away because someone was finally talking about what yeah. it was I was experiencing and the very same thing. So I got to interview him, but then after that, I said, I'm going to learn from him. And it really does make a difference um, what it is that is given to us in terms of understanding of the practice. I mean, you're going to learn a lot through your own personal practice anyway, but really having that deeper level of understanding, um, it really, it changes the game. So fortunately, everyone where you're at, you started this low country school of Reiki. So I want to talk a little bit about, because your journey just seems like you were dancing around it. Like, hey, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here, I'm good, but I don't know. But then you started the whole school for Reiki in the area that you're in. So could you talk a little bit about what inspired that? And for people listening who may be in your area or, you know, kind of local at least. Yes. Could you tell us a little (laughs) bit about the school? Yeah, I, it, oh God, so much. I um, officially opened the school, even though I was practicing always and teaching, um, I officially opened the school in um, 2012. And um, the school is actually housed in my home. I live in a beautiful home where all my practices, where Franz taught from, everything happens here. And um, so the this is the a- address and the physical location of the school. Students have come, I have taught people from everywhere. I, you know, local people, of course, but a lot of people um, come to me and have come from places because I do have um, accommodations here. And um, so if it, you know, unless I'm full, um, then there's always a place for, for those, for students to come. And, and so my, it's, my school is, is, is active. It's an active, active entity. It's an active business. And, it's well known in the area. I began, of course, through the school, um, the first Reiki clinic for the public, you know, for donation base. Oh God, that was back in 2011, I think. And, and since then I have students, I have so many students now that they, thank goodness, can pick up the torch and, and do these things. And, 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 and that for me as a mom and a grandmother, that's really who I am, really who I am, that um, it's, it's a beautiful gift to be able to um, observe my students and uh, mentor my students and watch them soar and grow in Reiki. So yeah, that's, that's the Low Country School of Reiki. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more, I mean, just so people are clear, I mean, like it's uh, 
like a retreat space. It's this beautiful yes. retreat healing yes. space yeah. where people can come learn and yes. and stay in that space. It's yeah. making me think of how um, one time speaking with you, you were mentioning how you start your mornings driving yes. barefoot to the beach and you like to I walk do. along the beach. Yes. I so do. yeah, do. when people come to train with you, do they get these experiences of yes. having time on the beach and Yes, if they can get up and be ready by 6.30, they can. <laughs> I tell everyone, you're going to miss me. If you're not waiting for me at 6.30, you've missed your opportunity. And I yeah. also, I, I, I do attunements at the beach. Um, there's some private areas that I know of, you know, that I, it's beautiful to have attunements um, outside in nature and at the ocean. So it's an extension, I think. I feel, as you said that, I just got that. That's an extension of um, the school and of me um, and my home. It, um, and any when, when students come, I don't really hang out so much with people. It's a lot of energy for me to hang out. So I really do, we have our classes and, um, and, I I will I will um, create opportunities for students to rest, to study, you know, to be in nature. Um, but my personal one-on-one -on -one time, unless we've already made some agreements before they get here, that yeah. that generally doesn't happen because I have to honor yeah. my own energy. Yeah. Oh, I I completely understand that. Yeah. I do. I completely understand. But I, I just want to share as well, because you don't just teach Reiki here. I mean, you have yes. um, all different types of events. And you recently, yes. just last month, had a silent retreat. Yes. So I wanted oh, to I ask can. you a little bit about that. Because um, I've only done like one day, like 24 hours of silence yes. at a time, yes. not multiple days. But yes. I wanted to ask you what that is about, what it does yes. for people, and if it's an ongoing thing that you offer. Yes, it's it's on it. How can I say it? That was my first silent retreat. I'm, no, actually, it was the first weekend silent retreat. I've had one other a couple of years ago that was um like a nine to five, yeah. um, and that this was three weekends ago, and there is another one planned for the last weekend in March. Um, I have always sought solitude and silence because I have so much energy. I do, I have a lot of chi energy and, but I am an introvert and I am, I, my recharging comes from solitude and silence. So I've always sought places to go, um, Yolanda, where either there, you know, there's a monastery here in that, out, outside of um, Charleston. And then there's nature, of course, there's the beach. Um, but I kept receiving a message again months ago that I am to offer silent retreats. I used to offer, I've always offered lots of workshops here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will offer and I have offered healing workshops, trauma healing, grief, and have had Reiki um, retreats here. But they're all active, you know, they're all works. I'm workshopping, you know, yes. and whoever I'm partnering with. But the 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 creation of 
two days of silence for anyone who wants to join. And it was a choice um, where the attendants could come for one day or for two days. Some spent the night, those who did not live here. Uh, uh, most of the attendants lived here. So they went home and they came back. But the whole time was, um, there was no engagement. There was no interaction. Um, we did, uh, I did offer um, half hour sessions of a choice of Reiki or sound healing. So everyone had their, you know, their sessions. We had group sound healing. Um, and I led a meditation. We had fire ceremony, but there, I was the only one talking and my partner, Teresa. So it was everyone else was amazing, deep rest, amazing, deep rest. I encourage napping. I mean, I have a lot of sofas. <laughs> I'm the sofa <laughs> girl, pillow girl. I believe in comfort. And uh, so lots of pillows, a lot of sofas, a lot of floor space. Folks were just laying around everywhere. Yeah. Um, or you could walk, be in nature. The, the feeding of our spirits, I can't even, I don't have the words to tell you. And the feedback that we've gotten um, the deep rest, I keep saying that because for me, I was able to even receive that because I didn't have to workshop and I didn't have to talk other than the meditation. All the food was provided. No one had to do anything. So yes, again, the end of, and, and the theme for that particular silent retreat um, was going, going into the dark of the womb of creation. So that was the intention and the theme for that retreat. So the meditations and all the offerings were um, in alignment with that theme. So the theme for the March retreat will be um, rebirthing a new life. So that I will have a, uh, we're going to go to the ocean and have a rebirthing ceremony that I'll lead uh, um, I do ceremony, a lot of ceremony. Oh, I forget. Yeah. I do a lot of different things. <laughs> so anyway, um, we will have a rebirthing ceremony at the ocean one day. And then the other day we'll have a fire rebirthing ceremony. Um, because this is the season March and you know, it's the spring equinox and the new life. And uh, I was a doula. Remember that you, you yeah. know, that birth doula. So birthing for me, and darkness and womb, all of this is just, and so I integrate. I'm an integrationist. Yeah. Let's put it that way yeah. too. I just integrate everything. Reiki is not separate from my life, nor any other aspect of my life. Everything is so very well integrated. And that's how I like life to be. Yeah. I love that. I love the way um, you're describing it that way, everything being integrated, but you're mm -hmm. reminding me of that similarity as well between the silence and meditation that a lot of people have a hard time adjusting to because we're often surrounded by noise, whether the noise of our own head, the external, I mean, oh my gosh, we have so much externalized stimulation, yes. but that's one of the things why I fell in love with meditation yes. was just sitting, but I don't think I made that connection till you were just talking about the silent retreat mm -hmm. that there's something about that silence even a meditation that is just so rejuvenating and restorative and so to have an event where it's almost like going back into the womb space and mm -hmm. being in that quiet space 
I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting how that's lost on us a lot in the world that we live in, in such a noisy, distracting world that we don't even, we often, why would it cross our minds to just be quiet? (laughs) Just be quiet. Yeah. Just be quiet. And I'm pretty sure that that's why the message came to me because more of us need to offer that. So people, because like you said, who's think uh, most of us are not thinking, just be quiet or what do I do for a day if I'm not talking to people and interacting? So we need people to guide us just like we need people to guide us in Reiki or birth or any other thing, you know, we need folks some of us are called to guide that way. Yes. And it feels a, like natural for me. I don't know. It's the, there's a resonance and a, um, an ease for me to... Now, think in terms of there were 11 folks here each day, 11 participants, two practitioners, and myself and Teresa, my partner. So 11, about 15, 14 or 15 us a day on both days. And so all of those folks in one space in silence with, can you feel the the resonance of the silence itself? Because it's when you have two or more people together, it's going to multiply. Right. And so the depth of the um, rest and rejuvenation, renewal, all of that, uh, yeah. Is, yeah. It was a result of our time together in um, February, January, actually, January. January. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's beautiful. So we are going to tell people how to get in touch with you because they can follow and go on your site or follow yes. you on Instagram to see yeah. the different offerings that you have. But there are yeah. a few more things I want to make sure to ask you before you go. Um, one, I'm going to ask you when we're done because, yeah. <laughs> but yes. uh, one of the things I, fortunately, we... Um, were connected because of um, Natalie, who also was a, or is a student of Prime. And you have a beautiful um, book project that you're working on. And so it's interesting, like how throughout this, you're like, I I wasn't a teacher. I wasn't a teacher. And now you're doing all this phenomenal work, have this beautiful healing school. And now you're extending even more and going to work to bring together, um, bring people together. That's what you seem like too, just like such a connector, like bringing people I am. together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that and what even inspired you to want to create such a beautiful collaboration? Oh gosh, yes. It was Nat. Well, it was Natalie who who sort of was the match to light the fire. Because mm-hmm. I for years have been knowing I'm to write a book, I'm to write a book. And I knew it was a Reiki book. I I first thought it was my manuals, you know, and then it was, no, you have to write a book, but nothing was coming through because it was like, I can't write another teaching book. It's just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) one more teaching book. Right. Um, And Natalie, in one of our conversations, I met Natalie, I went up, I was in New York visiting an aunt and uh, Natalie and I had um, a meal and hung out. It was great. And, and she shared with me how she felt the, a deep desire to have, to hear different voices from the Reiki world. Um, and then we talked about that. And, and so it came to me 
that's what I want to do. That's the book I want to write. I want to bring into the whole Reiki world voices of diversity and of diverse people, diverse races, diverse occupations in addition to their Reiki practice, uh, diverse spiritual um, uh, connections. That's who I am. I'm that person. I bring people together easily. And it was a it was a no-brainer. It was a like, that's it. And the fact that I didn't have to just write the book myself was an even greater gift. Uh, yeah. So the collaboration, the book that is in the birthing process and gestation right now <laughs> is a collaboration um, of many voices um, from the Reiki world that are not heard ordinarily in um in our beautiful community yeah yeah that's it's really exciting and when i heard yes. about it i was like wow this is um it's amazing i think overall and especially for you because i mean you have been practicing and introduced to reiki i mean so many years ago so i can't mm -hmm. imagine how much change or expansion you yeah. must be noticing within yeah. the community from the yeah. time that you started till now and yes. one of the things I wanted to make sure to um, that we get in two things. I want to talk about the membership and how people can work with you there. But I'm also so curious because you mentioned you have two daughters and being raised by you. That must have been interesting. So just curious if your daughters <laughs> ended up having any interest within this realm as well. And how is that for them? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, being raised by me, you know, it was all a divine setup, I have mm -hmm. to say. And one, uh, I had a reading, oh, years and years ago. And I remember um, the friend of mine who was doing the reading, he said, you know, these daughters of yours were gifts to you. You did not earn them comically. They are gifts. And I have to say that's true because they're both outstanding women um, right now. And I, I wasn't, how can I say, I was born gifted intuitively and um, empathically and sensitively, but I did not have a lot of knowledge about all of this world. So they had to grow up with me learning. And once I, you know, once I began meditating, which was really the switch for me when I began a, um, a regular serious meditation practice daily, things started changing in me and I was attending the unity church and I was insisting that they go with me. And they were like, Oh my God, mom, all of these <laughs> affirmations, because this church did a lot of affirmations and, and uh, they were like, Oh, do we have to go? Well, this now, and all, I mean, meditations, affirmations, I was growing. I became a vegetarian for 13 years. I didn't insist that they did. And, and so now my daughters are 53 um, and, and almost 50, 49. And who meditates? Who does affirmations? Who do, who's Reiki? One, uh, my daughter, Jamila, who is a professional psychic and medium and now author of a best-selling book, she's a Reiki teacher. She used to teach she never was a Reiki practitioner. She said, mom, that's not my thing. I don't touch people. That's your thing. But she taught and she always taught 
intuitive development as a part of the Reiki for her. That's her path. Mm -hmm. But these, so we all kind of grew up and I will say to people when my daughters and I were growing up because <laughs> this is how it was. Right. We were growing up together in this way. And um, the seeds, and I will say to parents of young children or children, just plant the seeds. You don't know what's going to take and what isn't. And that's what I, I knew that much. I knew that I could just plant the seeds. They could bark. They could fuss. They didn't want to go. They were laughing at people in church, whatever, all that kid stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, you know, who ends up going to Unity Church? My daughter, Jamila, as she became a woman, she found a Unity Church in D.C. That became her home church. And wow. oh, my God. So, yes, it, it wasn't. I don't want to say it was um, Eden because it was not. And um, but it was we grew together and I had enough courage because I'm made that way to continue in spite of whatever my children felt about how I was growing and my practices. I knew in my heart and I would I knew that this is what I had to do and this is what I will do. And I and you will do you. And this is what I will do, you know? So that's, yeah, yeah. So my grandchildren, of course, can benefit, they benefit from all of it. And, yes. you know, my granddaughter has anxiety attacks about testing. And um, I, I showed, I taught her breathing. And I remember my daughter said to me in the car going to school and my granddaughter was talking about the test. And my daughter said, well, don't forget breathing. And so- she said, oh, yes, I've been doing that, mom. So my daughter said, oh, I'm so glad that you're doing something that I taught you. She said, no, you didn't teach me. Nisa taught me that. I'm Nisa <laughs> to them. So, you know, so the grandchildren, they are much easier in um, in their connecting. Because yeah. I can say this is a this is going to be the result. This is going to help you. Um, and my granddaughter is Reiki. She's a 17 you know, and I tuned her so she could deal with her cramps. I don't live in D.C. or Maryland. They're in Maryland. And uh, so for her to be empowered to with a tool for herself, it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love that you say that we um, were growing up together. I mean, that's yeah. just beautiful, even framing it that way. But listening to you talk now about your daughter and your granddaughters, it reminds me so much of how a lot of people are curious about how ancestral healing is impactful and yes. how it works and the ways of what we may be doing personally, how yes. it can't help but touch yes. everyone else that we're in connection with. So it's really, really beautiful. That Thank is so you, beautiful. Lisa. Yes. Ah, I'm grateful beauty. you said that could be a whole nother conversation about right. ancestral healing and generational trauma. Um, it's that's been a big part of my practice too. And I'm grateful that you brought it up, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. yeah. No, I was pausing too, because the whole time when you're talking, I just want to say the reason I haven't said your name much, and I want to say it again so that people really connect with and hear Aoife Teo White. Yeah. Part of it is in my head, I'm just hearing Mother Aoife Teo, because, you know, <laughs> just like respect and yeah, so beautiful. 
Um, but I wanted to make sure that people do know that they can connect with you. You've also created this beautiful uh, community on Patreon. So you mm -hmm. have Reiki B, that's B-E, yes. as in yes. being Reiki. Yeah. yeah, Reiki B membership on Patreon. Could you and share yes. a little bit about that? Oh, gosh, yeah, that was, this has been exciting. And um, I think it's, uh, we're only six months old now. And um, the, um, again, it came to me and with the help of my daughter, Jamila, and getting all the technical pieces together. But I really wanted to have a place uh, of community for anyone who wanted to join in a Reiki community that would support um, us being Reiki and not just doing Reiki, yes. where we would there could be support in all kinds of ways to help us to stay in practice and the benefits of practice. So we have a monthly 90-minute call, live Zoom call, and then um, a, twice a month, I post a pre-recorded meditation. And then there's all kinds of other, you know, words of support and quotes from teachers and um, old masters uh, to support. But it is a community. I'm big about community. So that's, that's why, that's the energy that I wanted um, us to have, yeah. a community of of practitioners who who were who really wanted to go deeper um, yes. yeah and thank goodness for that I one of the reasons you know back I started the podcast in 2013 and mm -hmm. part of it was because I was really seeking community and in, in yes. the area that I was in at the time there wasn't much of one in, um, yes. specific to Reiki but again thankfully that's growing but there are a lot of people who don't have immediate community to connect yes. with so it's beautiful that we have all of these ways of engagement yes. no matter where we are in the world now yes so it is beautiful it is yes. it's, it's phenomenal so i have to say um i personally i can't wait to come to the low country school of reiki mm -hmm. i'm excited just to come to saint helena and yes. i want to go somewhere and have some i want to go to like a gullah restaurant i want yes. food <laughs> yeah Come, come. We'll make sure all that happens. Yes. yes. And I would love to come and participate in one of the um, silent retreats as well. I think that's so beautiful. So I can't thank you enough for mm -hmm. coming to have this conversation today. What are the best ways that people can find you on um, social media and website? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a big Facebook person. I know a lot of people are not, but because I'm older, I... <laughs> You know, I, I was introduced to Facebook and it has been for me a phenomenal community. So Facebook, either Ife Taya White or the Low Country School of Reiki, I have a business page. Um, you can you can find me there every day. I'm posting something um, Reiki related or pictures from the beach walk or whatever. <laughs> um, also, um, my website is um Ife Taya White, one word, dot co, co, not com, dot okay. co. And um, I am on Instagram now, thanks to Yolanda. And so, <laughs> she was like, I don't really do Facebook that much. So now I connected myself to Instagram and it's been fun. I, I'm, I'm there sporadically. I'm not really yeah. as deep yet. I just really started. So, yes. Well, that's a beautiful either way it goes. So I will make sure that all of the links to connect with you are below. We have the Fatale White, 
co. Yes. Co. And then we can also include the links to follow you on uh, both social media platforms as well. So thank you so much, dear love. And for everyone else, thank you for tuning in today. Yes, yes thank you so much, Yolanda. Beautiful. Okay, beautiful alchemist. Again, a very deep thank you to Mrs. Ifatea White. And don't forget to check out her work, her website, join her patron community. You can learn more about everything that she does at ifateowhite.co.co. And all of the links to connect with her are down in the show description. And don't forget to download the Energetic Alchemist app. You have access to the interviews here on Reiki Radio. You also can um, watch my Energy of the Month updates. There's free content all throughout the app but you also have membership options and have um, the option to do drop-in classes for the Alchemy Circle once that resumes in March. So I can't wait to connect with you in this way. I thank you so much for being here. It's still um, unbelievable to me how long this podcast has been going and how we are growing and we still have opportunities to learn from each other and make sure that all of us feel a sense of connection and community no matter where we are in the world. So I hope that you have a beautiful day, dear Alchemist. Also, if you are on the app and have your membership, you can access weekly readings by sign. So you know I have an Oracle deck, the Energetic Alchemist Oracle, which you can get through my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, and international orders have opened up there. Um, but if you want weekly readings by astrological sign, you can access those as well on the app. So, okay, that's really it for now. I thank you so much for being here. I will see you next week. And remember to always journey in love.